Hey, screen rats, couch potatoes, watchers of the screen. I'm back. I'm back from Edinburgh. I was up there at the Fringe uh, just for about five or six days, checking out some shows and doing some podcast recordings. It was fantastic. It was so good to go to a different place and feel a completely different energy. And I love the Fringe. The first show I saw... Let's uh, run through them quickly. So I got off the train, got a taxi. Uh, my wife gave me that great little uh, tip to just get my bags there because I had uh, flyers and books and all kinds of stuff with me. It was very, very heavy. Went to my digs, which are about an hour south by bus, and dropped all my stuff off. Uh, after I dropped all my stuff off, I went straight into the city and I went to see my first show. Now, I was going to see someone else, but while I was queuing up for that someone else, which I will not mention, I bumped into a guy called Ben Clover who was flying his show. He is a comedian I knew nothing about. So I took a punt and he said he was the underdog. And he, I mean, he said he was the underdog, but he fucking commanded the room. Soon as I went in that room, it was just this energy, that sort of Edinburgh energy, you know. Uh, everyone laughing, everyone up for it, people from Australia, people from all over, you know. It was great, and he really ran, ran the room. I can't remember a single joke. He did a bit of crowd work, but he really, really ran it, and it was so much fun. It was such a great first show to see, you know. Absolutely brilliant. After that, I went to see uh, Fast Fringe, which was a lot of fun. I saw a lot of different comedians um, there, which uh, gave me some connections, and I talked to a few of those people since then, and even uh, the great Ralph Coley was on there. So that, that was a good bill. Saw Drew Michael, the American stand-up. He was um, very different to everything else I saw. That's all I can say. I enjoyed it, but it was, uh, it was endurance and enjoyment. Uh, I wouldn't have missed it for the world, but it wasn't like laugh out loud comedy. And also, I didn't feel like it was connected to anything else I saw. It was so it stood out, you know, in that way, which was brilliant. That same night, I went to see Jack Doherty do his show about himself and Bowie when he had his talk show in the 1990s. That was really great, and I sat in the front row. I tried to sit in the front row for as many things as I could. I know it's kind of like I don't know if it's frowned upon or not because when I was a just an average punter out in the world. I never wanted to sit in the front row because I didn't want to be sort of picked on. And not that I want to be picked on, but I don't want to be scared of the front row either. You know what I mean? So I sat in the front row as many times as I possibly could just to sort of uh, shake that kind of fear off as well, you know, the fear of being picked on. And I, I, I'm not really worried about that anymore. I got picked on a few times and it was fine. So after Jack Doherty, I met up with a friend of mine called Chadders who I hadn't seen really. I've met him once since college 25 years ago. And um, we had a couple of drinks and then we went to see Simon Amstel's Work in Progress, which was, it was quite short actually, but it was around 11 o'clock at night, midnight. So it made the first day quite late. So I got back to my digs at some unearthly hour and then bundled myself straight out again for the second day. The second day was full of great shows, absolutely brilliant shows. Uh, started with Stuart Lee. I went from Stuart Lee. I went to see JJ Whitehead's show. He was fantastic. Stuart Lee had the fucking room. Like, <laughs> it was just on point. You know what I mean? That guy, I've seen him so many times now. And I have to say, this was probably my favourite show of his I'd ever seen. Because he was just sort of having fun with it in a way he sort of used to do before the BBC TV show sort of thing. Um, the comedy vehicle. It just felt felt like old Stuart Lee a little bit. Like, not... Not that he was ever angry, but, you know, it just felt more fun. Definitely more fun and less, if it's possible to say in the nicest way, less intellectual. It was just, it, it was still intellectual, but it was just more fun. It was an afternoon show. He usually does those at the, at the Fringe anyway. So I saw Stuart Lee. Then I saw J.J. Whitehead in a very small room. Um, there wasn't many of us in there. Um, and he uh, pointed something out to me that I'd never realised before. But it was along the lines of, you know, knowing... Um, 
famous people that were born on your birthday. Brilliant bit of observation. I didn't realise I was such a weirdo until I uh, put my hand up and said I knew such things. I think after that I went to see Jay Lafferty, uh, Bahookie, uh, where she uh, does this uh, one-woman comedy show about how she learnt to pole dance. Not just about that, but that's the, the premise of it. It's a very strong show, very good. In Sportsman's, in my old hood, which I used to love uh, hanging around in and putting my socks in the fridge, as I've mentioned before. So after I saw Jay Lafferty, I headed over to the Pleasance to see Mark Watson. And I'd seen him knocking about anywhere. I'm trying to get him on the pod, to be honest with you, and straight with you. He's a friend of a friend, and I have approached him, and he's always buzzing around, and I always feel like, oh, man, I'm just hassling him on. I all at the wrong times. So we said hello a couple of times. He's seen a couple of flyers. Uh, we'll get him on at some point. I'm absolutely sure of that. I just don't know when it would be. I was hoping to do it at the Fringe, but it was not meant to be. Now, the next day, I got up. I missed the first show that I was supposed to see because of buses. Uh, I was just too far away, and I couldn't get in for the first show, but I did get in for Luke Kempner's gritty police drama. was easily the most work I've seen put into anything in Edinburgh that I've ever seen. And the man's just like a fucking machine. I mean, the amount of comedy, the amount of talent, the singing, the, the, the dialogue, all the accents, all the impressions. I mean, I didn't really think it was going to be my cup of tea because I've worked in musical theatre and it's not really my, my bag. Now, I know Luke from way back when, when he was in a panto. I haven't really kept in contact much apart from on social media. I wouldn't say we're friends, but acquaintances. Um, I hope he saw me sitting in the front row laughing. And he has agreed to do the podcast at some point, so we'll get him on. He's got his own podcast as well. Um, brilliant. If you get to see him doing that show anywhere else after the Fringe, just go. Just go. It's it's absolutely phenomenal and very, very funny. It's so perfect. It's such a good show. Um, what I forgot to mention was before Luke, I actually went to see Frankie Boyle. I got a last-minute ticket to see his afternoon extra show on the Wednesday, and that was exactly what you would expect some of the best jokes i've ever heard just absolutely brilliant even though uh, you know stuart lee sort of referenced him the day before as having too many writers i don't care if it's true the jokes are fucking bang on and it was very funny and that day ended with me going to see olga cock at monkey barrel monkey barrel is a lovely little venue and what i noticed about the female comedians i don't know if this is normal but they're just around like Olga was just handing out glasses of water. There was none of this hiding behind the curtain and announcing yourself. She was just in the room uh, before the gig. And her performance was just so slick and just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Any stand-up I'm doing, I just looked at her and thought, well, why am I bothering? Why would I bother when there's people like this doing it this well? I mean, I can't do that. You know, she's just, and she's young and she's great and she's she's got everything. You know, she's just a, a stage presence, just brilliant absolutely bang on it was really really well done i loved it so that was the last show i saw that day now that's when i went out and met up with my mate and we went out really really late that night i was trying to sort of go to underbelly and stuff like that but um he didn't finish work till 11 we had a couple of drinks hung out in the fancy bars saw the usual faces like mark Steele and how Cruttenden. kind of wanted to go up and say hello but didn't want to fucking you know hassle them while they were having a beer with their mates i mean it's a bit you know awkward so we didn't do any of that we just sat out on the patio had a couple of beers and before you know it was two three in the morning so i had a very late night that night got back about five in full knowledge that the next morning i had to get up and see rose matafeo at 11 o'clock Rose was absolutely brilliant. Again, in the room, you know, hanging out, giving people little flies that she'd made, little black and white foldy things. And she was fantastic. I was just so tired that morning, though, that I felt like I was having a panic attack because it was a, a different monkey barrel venue and it was underground. And I felt claustrophobic. And I knew it was tiredness, but I just felt really claustrophobic in that room. 
And uh, yeah, so I was like, you know, I want to get out of here, but I was loving her jokes and her performance. I'm sorry, sorry, Rose. I was just fucking feeling like shit when I was watching that. And it really annoyed me because I really like her and I like what she did in the room. And it was brilliant because at the end she sort of, you know, pretends to sort of put a coat on and leave and all that. And everyone's thinking, oh, she's just putting her... But no, she's fucking putting a coat on, putting a bag on. She's out of there. She is gone, gone, gone. Gone, gone London. Just like I used to be when I was a sound engineer. I fucking... I'd be gone before... While the music's playing, I'd be out the door, coat on, motorbike, helmet on. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Gone. I loved it. I loved that. Uh, that same day, I saw Jeff Norcott sat in the front row. He asked me my name, even though we've actually met before. He won't remember that. Um, he said, what's your name? I went, Steve. Went, Steve, Steve, good, solid, single-syllable uh, name. And, you know, I enjoyed all that, of course, not that I was sitting there for that reason. And I know he skews right-wing, his audience, which was interesting to me because I want to see... I want to look in the eyes of my enemy. You're not my enemy, but you know what I mean. I want to see who these people are. But he's great, Jeff. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I know he skews right wing and everyone says, oh, he's a right wing comedian. But, you know, he's a lot more centrist than he lets on, isn't he? Come on, let's be honest. And the audience really got it. And they, he, there was a lot of anti-Tory stuff and a lot of Tory bashing going on in there anyway that, you know, some self-inflicted stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And he really commands that fucking stage. And he's great. He's great. I won't have a word said against him. And then I went to see Rosie Holt that night doing her show I don't know much about Rosie I've only seen the clips online like everybody else uh, and she gave a, a brilliant fucking performance really really good the only thing I was thinking though the whole time was when can I get these fucking shoes off my feet because I've been dragging around my podcast equipment it was very heavy extremely heavy so heavy that the wheels fell off um, this kind of old doctor's bag that my wife found in the lanes so I was trying to really focus again I, I think I just was doing too much you know I was watching Rosie trying to really focusing on the humour and all I was thinking was my feet are killing me man my feet are killing me and the leg limbs doing my head in so I guess that's what happens in Edinburgh sometimes you're having fun but you're also really aware that maybe you might be slightly overdoing it and and it's like sitting in a hotel and watching eight films you know it's that kind of vibe the next day I was really annoyed really annoyed because I had to miss Dane Baptiste who I had a ticket for again Problem, many different reasons for missing that and I'm, I really wanted to see him um, it was mostly because of travel and also podcast recordings that got in the way and I couldn't move in time. But I did get to see Ivo Graham that evening doing his um, organised fun. And he was great. He really, you know, he really leans into that whole Taskmaster period of his life. And, you know, he references people going to the toilet and stuff during the show, but in a really funny way. I got myself caught in that situation. And, yeah, really, really great. Fun, fun show. Loved Ivo. Uh, met him afterwards, gave him a flyer for the podcast and said I'd love to get him on. And my name's really small on that flyer, really small, and it was really dark and dim. And he took it, and within a tenth of a second, he went, oh, thanks, Steve. I was like, fucking hell, he's read that name already? Uh, it was impressive, impressive guy. Very, very, very funny. And that was the penultimate show I saw. The last show I saw was Frank Skinner, someone I don't... I never used to like his comedy, and I, I don't know if I actually really do. I know friends who really, really don't, but... I just wanted to see him. I haven't seen him. I enjoyed, you know, Room 101 when it was on in all its incarnations. I know people have a problem with the version that he did after Paul Merton's brilliant version. But, you know, I, I kind of like him. I think he's all right. He was a bit uh, bluer than I would have thought. And some of the jokes are a little bit 90s and dated. But, you know, he knows his audience. His audience were, you know, there for him. It was a nice one to end on, actually. So, you know, I think it all worked out. 
And that's the last show I saw. So, this being the Edinburgh special, I should probably explain what it contains. Now, I wandered around the Royal Mile between shows, and on the first day I had a little, you know, recorder with one mic. The next day I had two mics, so you could actually hear what I was saying. And on the third day, I set up a lovely little recording section outside Gilded Balloon on a picnic table where I had um, booked in some podcast guests. But we also had some uh, drive-bys some people who were flying, who I got chatting to, and then I brought them on the pod too. So it's a sort of a mix of all of that. And hopefully you'll get a sense of the festival, especially if you've never been. Now, if you don't like this episode, please don't worry. This is not the normal situation. We'll be back to our single guest episodes as of next week. This is just a kind of fun episode to kind of give off the vibe of what it's like to be at Edinburgh. And those who have been in Edinburgh probably won't want to listen to it anyway because it's all over by the time this comes out. Just, just, it's all over, guys, until next year. So here we are. This is the Television Times podcast, Edinburgh Fringe Special 2023. Roll up, roll up. Welcome to Television Times, a weekly podcast with your host, me, Steve Otis Gunn. We'll be discussing television in all its glorious forms. From my childhood, your childhood, the last 10 years, even what's on right now. So join me as I talk to people you do know and people you don't about what scared them, what inspired them and what made them laugh and cry here on Television Times. Right, let's head straight to the Royal Mile in Edinburgh during the Fringe where I was accosting tourists, other acts and just generally asking people questions about television. Let's start with these two guys. What's your favourite TV show right now? Avatar The Last Airbender. What's it about? Uh, it's about a, a 12-year-old that has to save the world uh, and he's given a very short time frame to do it in. It's a cartoon. What channel is that on? It used to be on Nickelodeon. It's Nickelodeon. popular about 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. 10 years ago, I'm out of the loop with that one. Can I ask you a proper podcast question from the podcast, okay. Television Times? Sure. Either of you can answer this. Who's the first person on television that you found attractive? England. The, wasn't it the Queen of England? The Queen of England. You found attractive? <laughs> oh, that I found attractive. You found attractive? <laughs> I think the last person to say that was the Beatles. <laughs> for some reason, I thought the Queen of England was on you, the uh, TV you first. Lost, you lost that question. The first person on TV that I found attractive, I would say Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. The short-lived TV show here. Killed by the writer's strike. Yeah, 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 famous one. But it was really good at the beginning. It was awesome at the beginning. Yeah. One of the first kind of multinational American TV shows, wasn't it? Did it come to England too? Oh, I, well, oh, I, you just I, mean the character. I think I was in Japan when I was watching it. But yeah, yeah. It was all over the world, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it's a JJ Abrams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good answer. Very good. <laughs> That's a great TV show. Mark. Kevin. Thank you, Mark and Kevin. Where are you guys from? Boston. 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 Great. Boston. Excellent. Boston. I'll go buy you both a tea to so give you the refund. <laughs> All right. Next up was the comedian Matt Hutchinson, who I met unsuspectingly on the Royal Mile, carrying his small child in his arms. I had no idea who he was. I apologize for that. And Matt is going to come on and do a full episode at some point in the future. So thank you, Matt. And here's the awkward first meeting. You may have your hands full, but I want to ask you a question. Is that all right? What's your favorite show right now? What is my favorite show right now? I've just started. I'm late to it, but only Murders in the Building. Yeah, I started watching that. Very mainstream, but, uh, you know, nothing. uh, It's not bad. It's not bad. I started watching it. light-hearted, gentle kind of, but with a weird kind of overlay of murder. I mean, some of it's a bit on the nose, and there's quite a lot of exposition at certain times. Are you an artist yourself? I'm a comedian, yes. So, uh, Matt Hutchinson. Hutchinson, nice to meet you. Uh, Good to meet you as well. So, it's at Assembly Studios. So, Studio 4, every day at 2.30. Although, today's my day off. 
That's you later. Like, with, with your baby. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I'll ask you one more question since you're an artist. I'll ask you a proper one from the pod. Okay, uh, what's the first thing you saw on TV that scared you? The first thing I saw, maybe I, I can remember Nightmare. You know that TV show where yeah. kids, it's like a game show for kids where they would put on a helmet uh, and basically yeah. it was like a series of games. One of the team was basically blindfolded but with a helmet that they had like a Viking helmet and their friends had to guide them through a maze but they'd often get killed by, uh, there's quite a lot, if you Google it, like there's a whole uh, YouTube rabbit hole you can go down of really? children being terrified of Nightmare, the TV show. So it's kind of like a kid's version of Crystal Maze but darker? Yeah, exactly, it's scarier than the Crystal Maze. It was on CITV, I think, uh, in the early 90s. That's why I don't watch ITV. No, yeah. It's, it's a terrible it's channel. Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. So that's the one thing I can remember giving me uh, nightmares, honestly, as a child. It's a great answer. Yeah. So it's spelled K, I think. So I think it's spelled nightmare with a K, like nightmare, as in like night. Oh, like, right. like a night. I've got like Martin Lawrence in my head for something. No, it's Dark Knight. Is that Dark Knight? Or Black Knight or something, Black yeah. Knight. Yeah, yes. when he gets sent back time. in time uh, and there's a Black Knight. Yeah, of course. It's one of those things where they just thought of a premise and stretched it out tonight. It's like a sketch that is a film. Films, Matt, come on. We're doing telly. He didn't know. I haven't told him that particular aspect and I wasn't carrying my horn. Right. Let's now chat to a man from Buffalo who weirdly shares the exact same answer for this question as me and my friend Jeff Greenway. No, I haven't watched TV in about 45 years. 45 years? Yeah. Can I give you a proper question? Sure. Okay. What's the first thing you saw on TV that made you very, very scared, probably as a child? Yes, it was a Stephen King made-for-television thing with David Soul. I'm looking at her because, oh, yeah, because it's the same answer I give. It's, um, it's um, Salem's Lot, nineteen seventy-nine. Shit out of me. Yeah, that scared the shit out of me. Yes, it's a nineteen seventy-nine miniseries, wow. and it was shown on terrestrial television wow. as a six-parter. I thought yeah. it was a movie. Yeah, no, it was. I remember it on TV. And our neighbor had died during that time. Yeah. And so I was so fucking afraid that she was going to be floating in the window. The window. Yeah, the window. That freaked me. Still scares me. I still can't oh open curtains. Yes. That's an excellent answer. Yeah. What's your name? Uh, Firefly. Now, do you think his name really was Firefly? If so, Firefly, get in touch and let us know. Because that was quite confusing. Now, Firefly was from Buffalo in upstate New York. Or as he says... Buffalo, New York, because everyone has to be from somewhere. But I live in Italy. Ah, of course you do. You live in Italy, Firefly. You don't live in Buffalo. There's nothing there. Although, if anyone listening from Buffalo uh, is listening to this, uh, what are you listening to this for? Beep, beep. As I walked under the arches, I then bumped into this comedian guy called Mo Singleton from New York. And he came on mic and chatted a lot about Seinfeld. I think we might have even covered this in a previous episode, but hey. Can I ask you a question about television? Sure, yeah. Yeah, what's your favorite TV show right now? My favorite TV show right now? Yeah. I don't have one, honestly. I just watch I watch I watch reruns, man. The rotation, Seinfeld, Frasier. Seinfeld and Frasier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Frasier's always the on office. TV. Yeah, ah, you know. Comedy guy. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love Seinfeld. I watched rewatched it all in the pandemic. Word, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah. it's like it's good background noise, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your yeah. favorite episode of Seinfeld? Favorite episode? That's tough. Um, damn, that's a tough one. So it's either between the episode when Kramer gets the what was the TV show when he gets the the TV show off the dumpster. That's my favorite. You know, the one saying? where he gets the, the TV yeah. the talk show and he has a yeah, talk yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. We have covered this before. It is Merv Griffin. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, the one when he can't figure out Dolores's name is like it rhymes with the with the with the. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name was De uh, Dolores, and it was like, they were trying to figure it out because it was like clitoris. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, 
That that was it's so many. It's just so many good yes, ones. Classic, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you ever watch Kirby Enthusiasm when they did oh, yeah, the, yeah, when I they watched, did that season? I didn't watch that episode, but yeah, I watched Curb though. The whole season where they kind of get the whole set back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it is. I can ask you a proper podcast question that I would ask other sure. comedians that come on the show. Okay. Okay. Who was your first TV crush, basically? First TV crush? Topanga from Boy Meets World. She's fucking hot. Yeah, she still she still's hot to this day. But yeah. Right, it is. You see her, you're like, oh wow. But yeah, she was definitely the first TV crush. What's your name? Mo, Mo Singleton. Yeah, I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah, out of New York. Uh huh. Got you. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. Well, you call a pin and I call a badge. Word. Thank All you, right, man. Nice to meet you, mate. Those were the recordings from day one when I was walking around with a single microphone trying to kind of put it in their face, put it in mine. That's why it's a little bit uh, hard to hear what I'm saying. Now, day two, I learned from that and I went out with two mics. So let's see who I bump into then. Okay, what's your what's your name? Uh, John. John, so what are you up to? I'm flyering right now for our show. Is it your own show? Yes. What's the show about? Photon Star Blaster in the Suicidal Spaceship. Do you watch much TV? Yes, I do. You do? Good. Yeah. Those people did not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your favourite show right now? Uh, right now, I'm watching with my wife, Colin, from Accounts, which is really yeah, fun. Yeah, that's great. Australian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and also, we're just about to start The Bear. The Bear is um, good. Series one? Uh, series two. Series two. Yeah. Yes, more and intense then, than series one. Also, After Party on Apple TV yeah. is a really, really amazing. Yeah, I've seen... I saw season one. Season two's out now. Yeah, right? and it's good. Season one's brilliant because, like, you pick the perfect genres. Season yeah, yeah, two, yeah. it's like, okay, trying to find more genres. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, still brilliant. Really good. I'll, I'll watch it because I like the people in it. My, my yes. wife did not... She sort of uh, started bailing on it and I felt like I was torturing her by the end. Because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. So I'll ask you a proper podcast question. Okay. If you don't mind. What's the first thing you saw on TV that terrified you? Uh, vampire changing into a vampire on Buffy. The makeup oh. and the face that they have. Okay. Terrifying. And also, I was weirdly very scared of WWF when I was younger. Really? Yeah. Because of the sort of clownness of it? Or? Uh, no, the, the wildlife charity. I'm joking. That was a terrible <laughs> joke. But no, uh, because they just freaked me <laughs> out. Like the makeup one. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'll ask you one more question. Okay. Something inappropriate you saw on TV as a child that you shouldn't have? Uh, I mean, just in general, boobs. Like, I don't know. I don't know boobs. specifically which one, but I'm very prude and there is far too many. I don't know. I sound, yeah. Uh, too many boobs. Yeah. To be honest, I get it. Because, like, um, I've only recently tried to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. And the first episode, I was like, it's nice and everything, but yeah. why are they making her take her clothes off all the yeah. time? Seems a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be against the boobs, but no, no, it's no, like no. A Channel 5 after 8 p.m. and suddenly, you know what? At a friend's house watching Euro Trash and just being like, what Euro the heck is going trash. on? Yeah. At yeah. the time, you're too young to have watched it at the time. Yeah. And I was like, I must have been like eight. I mean, I found it hilarious because they did the dubbing in the sort of... Yeah. Which what, I guess was taking the piss out of accents because it was always like a northern accent yeah. with like some Belgian yeah. naked woman yeah, at a yeah, swingers yeah. party or something. Yeah. Um, Antoine de Caen. It's fantastic. Yeah. It yeah. probably dates terribly. Yeah, I, I think so. But it's like, there's like Jean-Paul Gaultier or something was yeah. one of the presenters. It's nuts. I love it's the 90s. I miss all yeah. that. I miss I know, that. Yeah, so that. Um, simpler back then, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks okay, very nice to meet you. Your name again? John. John, John McEwen White. John McEwen White. Now yeah. that's a strong name. Thanks, <laughs> Thank John. You. Thank Cheers. you so much. Can I take a fire? Yeah, yeah. There's John McEwen White there. Easily the best street guest so far. I think you'll agree. Uh, he was up at the top of the Royal Mile, flying with his director when we bumped into each other for that wee chat. 
Now, the next person I bumped into was Amy. She was performing with 60 Minutes of Mood Swings and On The Nose production at the Edinburgh Fringe. We had a little chat while I was getting a bit disheartened with the people I was attempting to talk to, and uh, she ended up being a bit of a gem. So let's hear what she has to say. Should we talk to each other for a second? Yeah, sure. <laughs> do you know much about TV? I do. Yeah? What's your favourite TV show on right now? On right now? Does it have to be, like, current? No, no. Or something you watch right now? Something I'm watching is Sherlock. Like Sherlock? Like the... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch one. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbund. Yeah, yeah. he. Um, I watched one of them at the time, but then I kind of lost track. Does it get a bit silly, or is that okay? It is. It's silly. It's it's interesting. It's just so much depth, and it makes you think. But also, you don't think because he's doing all the thinking. So yeah. Oh, you made me want to do a rewatch. Actually, you should. I ne- honestly, I never got through that. it's got a lot of people in that came through through that show, isn't it? That uh, made it onto other things like yeah, the, um, the fit priest fella and all that. From, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. What's his name? Well, you know, uh, his name? Andrew Scott. Whatever his name is, that's Him, that was guy. on Fleabag. We'll can I ask you another question? Yeah, sure. What's a show you know is terrible, but you still watch it anyway? Well, I'm quite old, so I'm 21, but I watch a lot of CB... Okay, I'm not old. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I think you're going to say something really sarcastic. <laughs> I'm old for, to watch CBBC shows. Okay. I still watch them because they're just... They're absolutely terrible. They make no sense. But I'm yeah. like, it's a comfort show, so I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it. Which shows are you watching on CBBC? Um, <laughs> there's like Four O'Clock Club, The Dumping Ground... Surely you know all of these, right? But painful. the best show is Bluey. Has Bluey's so much fantastic. Yeah, I love right? Bluey. It's yeah, genius. Yeah. I love watching Bluey. Right? It's, it's the best so, one. I think it's more for the adults. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, well, they keep something in there. It's like a panto. Yeah. Did you know that they sold it? Well, they inside to Disney, but they distributed it through Disney now, the new season of it. And the Americans wanted them to change all the accents. Are you to joking? American, but oh. they said, no, you can't have the show unless we keep the exact same actors. No, and yeah. So, so they stuck to their guns and they and they got the deal. Good. Plus, Australian accent is the best yeah, it is, accent. It is the best accent. Apart from Scottish, obviously. Well, of course. Yeah, so I, I do love anything Australian. Australian comedians are like my favourite people to interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good fun. Anyway, what's your name? Amy. Are you doing a show here? I am. I'm doing 60 Minutes of Moose Swings, which is a comedy musical about women. Um, We sing about Andrew Tate. It's very ironic, satire comedy, and it's relatable. That's it. It's relatable. I didn't know who he was till very recently, and then when I looked, he was just like some reality TV twat, right? No, honestly, he's just... I don't even know how he has a following. He's... He's crazy. Anyway, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. What's your name? Steve. Steve. Steve, Nice to meet you, after chatting with Amy, I headed away from the Royal Mile and up to Bristow Square. I think I went to see a show, but afterwards I bumped into the guys putting on Bill's 44th, a puppet show, and had a little chat with them about uh, all kinds of stuff, including how to with John Wilson. Who do I speak to here? Uh, well, Bill doesn't talk. He doesn't so talk. So I'm Andy. Andy, hi. Yeah, hi. Do you know a lot about television? Uh, a fair amount. Yeah, what's your favourite show? Um, favourite show ever? Probably The Wire. The Wire, yeah. David Simon. Brilliant. Yeah, I really yeah, love yeah, David yeah, yeah. Simon. Have really you watched good. all of his shows? No, I didn't watch uh, the one about Louisiana. Treme. Treme. Yeah. I didn't watch Treme. Treme. The fucking shampoo. Oh, no. I didn't watch Treme. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of jazz. And when I looked at that one, it was all... I actually I like, do love jazz. And oh, I, so I'm really surprised. I kind of fell off TV for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I started only watching old stuff like Twin Peaks and... and oh, right. But, you know, then that came back. And and I the loved juice. That. Have you seen the juice? I was in the juice. You were in the juice. Yeah, I got a man from the juice. I was. I was an extra, at, extra. The, at an opening of one of like the uh, the porn openings. Oh, I really, was, really. Yeah. So I got to dra- dress fancy and also gross. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're puppeteers. So, well, he's throwing a birthday party. Is he? Yeah. For what reason? It's his 44th. And he really wants everybody to come. A bit of a comedy, I suppose. Yeah, I like a I like tragic comedy, maybe. 
<laughs> Where, what are you doing after Fringe? Taking me around? Um, doing more puppets. We're building more puppets, puppet shows. We're on a TV show that'll hopefully get picked back up for puppets. It's called uh, Hello Tomorrow. It's uh, Hello tomorrow. on Apple TV. Yeah, it's the like moon. Billy Crudup, and uh, it's all about like the future. Living on the like, moon. It's yeah, a salesman. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those like puppets and st- all those robots. Wow. Uh, our friend, uh, all the people in the show actually puppeteer them. Hi. And some other people. Okay, he's up for some chat about the flat earthers and dinosaurs. Kids yeah, love yeah, yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. They can't tie their own shoes, but they can say Paracephalosaurus. Exactly. And all the renamed dinosaurs, I found out. Oh. Like, uh, so when I was a kid. Hi, John. Hi. Hi, John. A brontosaurus as a kid is now a brachiosaurus, things right. like that. But yeah. they br- brought back the brontosaurus. Oh, is it different? So they realized like, that brachiosauruses and brontosauruses were actually the same. Yeah, yeah. And then they found another dinosaur and called that a brontosaurus. Right. Is it not the original Brontosaurus? No, the original Brontosaurus was a Brachiosaurus. They oh just thought God. it was a different That's too species. I know. Okay. So is Pluto, so now you're, is Pluto back then? Pluto, I think, yeah. is back in certain Pluto's circles. Back. I know. Which circles are those? Not the flat earth. The pro-Pluto ones, I suppose. <laughs> Pro-Pluto. Oh, my gosh. I saw this Pluto. very funny thing about, like, uh, about uh, uh, flat earthers. And they were like, we have dozens of followers all over the globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I was like, one. nice. I've gone that way as far as I can, and I came back that way. So I know, I know it's not flat. It's not yeah. Discworld. No, it isn't Discworld. Uh, it'll be a, you need a, I was going to do a joke about a CD and a Disman. I haven't got anything. <laughs> it's not there. Or uh, four elephants and a sea turtle. Exactly. Come on. I'll ask you one actual podcast question. Sure. I'll ask you one of the new ones. Oh, uh. you'll be good at this one. This will be one you'll like. Mm. If you could take, you might take a puppet. Mm. If you could take something from a TV show uh. and make it real, like bring it into real life, an invention, what would that be? I mean... Probably the TARDIS, right? Like, that would yeah. be fucking sweet. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. just a sonic screwdriver. I've been watching a lot of, like, Doctor Who lately. My, <laughs> my, my girlfriend's very into Doctor Who. I never was are. growing up. Yeah, yeah. But that, something that's just, like, maybe not the TARDIS, maybe just the sonic screwdriver. Something that wouldn't, like, totally irrevocably screw up mm-hmm. the world, but, like, get you in anywhere. No, I like it. It's kind of nice. I like it. Yeah, I've grew up Make any Doctor computer Who, but... do what you want. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty sweet. That is, that's pretty nice. And it just makes a dumb noise, and that's how it works. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. It's fucking Black and Decker. <laughs> yeah. So where are you guys from? Uh, New York. New York. Yeah, we're all based in Brooklyn and cool. Queens. Yeah. Cool, nice. Yeah. I love New York. Love your screechy trains. I watch yeah, a lot they're of, um, so loud. How to with John Wilson show. Really oh, shows. I know um, John. John's great. Do you? Yeah, he's I a, love he's a that wonderful show. man. It makes wonderful New York man. look insane. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's an accurate. The one about toilets. Yeah. Did you I, Did you watch the one that he did? I think it never uh, was on the HBO uh, show, but he did a how to with bed bugs. It was like an older one. Oh, right. Just Maybe not. Check it out. I think oh, it's I just will. online, but it's like how to survive with bed bugs. It's yeah. totally the right, like the same format, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I know there's not much of a production budget for that show, but like no, no production budget oh, okay. and just him. Like, I love great. the way he just he just hits. Even for me, like I, I've been in New York about five times, I guess. Yeah. And for me, it's all. I mean, I've nearly shot myself in New York. Uh, not been out of fun. And that fucking scaffolding episode. Was Ev- spot yes. on. Oh my god! It's like when are they finished? Yeah, he's a genius. When is this finished? He's a genius. <laughs> No other genius. country has fucking scaffolding like that. I mean, maybe at the Everywhere. Fringe. It's got to be a scam, isn't it? Like well, that's what we say. We kinda, I mean, it's like, have you ever seen the, the, the Michael no, Douglas been. movie where, what is it called? It's not the game. It's Falling Down. I love Falling Down. But you David know what I mean? Yeah, With yeah, like yeah, the yeah. construction workers yeah, where it's like, this is that. all bullshit. Yeah, this is, is all bullshit. Exactly. And it's like, maybe actually it is. I think it is. Like he is unhinged, but maybe he's right. I live in Newcastle upon time and every other fucking week they're digging up the road and I want to go out there and go, 
What's wrong with the fucking road? What's wrong? Sh- no, no one talks because they dig it up and yeah. then they pull a cable they out. Put and it back they, in. And then they say, oh, uh, it's, yeah. it's a multi-fiber broadband. Yeah, like, whatever. It's like the gas or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, and, it's not. And then they just replace all the paving stones. <laughs> and then they just put the fucking things out and then they don't do any work. Yeah. And then you're like, what is happening here? Is this just a tax scam? <laughs> it, it, it feels like it, right? It is a tax scam. So you're based in Newcastle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a puppet festival there. I think it's called Moving Parts. Okay. Uh, and I think... I, this might be speaking out of turn, Moving but we might be invited to it in in uh, spring of next year. So Bill oh, nice. might be there. Oh, cool. We might bring our puppets. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. That's a good way to end. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cheers. three of the podcast records i set myself up on a picnic bench outside gilded balloon as i mentioned before and i recorded a couple of episodes which you will hear this autumn now while i was doing those and before and after i was flyered and i met some people and some different acts and i decided to record a few mini episodes of the people that i got on with and the first of which you will hear now this is stefania licari most productive yeah. flyering i've done so exactly. far today so uh, introduce yourself <laughs> hi hi my name is stefania licari I'm an actor, comedian, and an NHS doctor. Wow. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's the triple whammy. Oh, stop it. It's nothing. It's just seven years of medical school. It is kind of like I've, I've spoken to a lot of comedians, and there's three typical jobs that comedians seem to have. Okay. Teacher. Yeah. Some kind of NHS doctor. Some kind. Or they've studied law. Okay. These, these are the true. three that I keep spotting. Everybody seems to be. What do you think is the reason? Well, the... They're quite academic, aren't they? And I think that when you do something... Well, you I, mean I smart and intelligent. Very smart and intelligent. But they're, because they're so heavily academic, I think it ex- sounds exhausting. So what they then do is go, what's the opposite of that? Oh. And then go and do something... Now, I'm not saying it's not fun, but it's... I mean, obviously, well, if you've been working in NHS, you've yeah. done how many years of school? Seven years of medical school go. and uh, the no. same as a postgraduate training. Yeah, yeah. That is... It's a lot. And then I did the two drama schools. I went for wow. two years uh, studying traditional acting in London yeah. and two years of studying comedy and clown with Philippe Collier in Paris. Wow. So it's a lot of studying. Yeah, yeah. Clowning in Paris. <laughs> you don't look like you've been alive long enough to do all that. I'm just things. a genius. Everything is like compensating. A month for me is like a year. But yes, uh, thank you so much for these opportunities. I don't, I don't, I don't know the, the, the answer. I mean, uh, the other day, somebody I was flying to said, oh, yeah, 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 you must you must have a sense of humor to be a doctor. I was like, I don't know. I think doctors are quite boring. I think you have to have a sense of humor to be a comedian because yeah, yeah. otherwise people don't come and see you. But uh, I guess uh, the truth is I always wanted to be an actor since I was a kid. So yeah. medicine for me was a bit of backup plan. Very okay. nice, very good plan. You know, I love mm-hmm. saving people's lives and it's been a really, really nice. I love it. I, I don't want to say that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love saving people's it's lives. A, it's a great part-time job to have yeah, on the weekend. The this, is this is helping no one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess my heart has always been uh, with acting and uh, comedy. And uh, yeah. so I'm kind of transitioning. Um, so it's a great opportunity to be here. My show is a medical comedy show. I... I talk about to be a female and migrant uh, doctor in UK and mm-hmm. some hot topics about the NHS. But it's a stand-up comedy. We, yeah, we yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah. We laugh. It's <laughs> a good time to be here to, to take the piss out of all those things. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. You see, it's a very personal show because I talk about uh, 
sexism and racism mm-hmm. and experiences that I I encountered. And I, you wouldn't really expect in uh, places like hospitals, especially when you're a doctor. Yeah. You, but actually, the, the, there are these situations. And I, I think in a way, it's not just about me expressing just for the sake of it. That's so I want to inspire, maybe have an impact and tell people, hey, this still happens. As a yeah. female doctor, we still get a lot of this. Yeah. From the little pad on the shoulder to grabbing the lower back to get you out of the way. I once had a slap on yes. In and I, modern times. In modern times, yeah, yeah, not that ancient. And I was told, but you do have a good ass. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, well, what's the point? And then, and then I was yeah. told, well, next time I just wear a more baggy scrub so we don't see oh, the curves. I know, it's my, it's my bum's fault. Your curse, <laughs> it is, it's your bum's fault. <laughs> I do have no. a good ass. <laughs> in all fairness. <laughs> The show is called Medico. Correct. The fringe will have ended by the time this goes out, but um, you're going to put this show on, you said, in Manchester? Yes, so I'm going to carry on touring. I'm going to go to the Women Comedy Festival in Manchester on the 7th of October. And then I'm going to be around the country. I'm going to go to the Leicester Comedy Festival and nice. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I haven't decided to do the whole tour yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I'm going to be around a lot. So and I'm most likely to come back. slightly cheaper accommodation in these <laughs> fe- other festivals, I'm assuming. Absolutely, yes. I mean, I'm blessed because I'm a student accommodation and I'm next to absolutely gorgeous, the little hill at the mountain the outer seat mm-hmm. so I go running in the morning but it's like uh, oh my god it's so expensive and they call it a yeah. studio flat and it's basically a room with a microwave it's a bed sit <laughs> yeah yeah yes. yeah that's awful but I love Edinburgh so it's yeah, a pleasure to be here so can I ask you a couple of questions about television oh yeah please am I not on the answer we'll have to do one or two well, if it's will, about, about having a TV license the no no she's the got a TV is, license no. No, no. no no she has a TV license <laughs> We've just purchased it online. I watched her pay £155 to watch BBC medical drama. This is going to hurt. It's her favourite TV show. Bless you. From an Italian perspective, you'll hopefully be able to give us some clues about some excellent TV that we may not have seen here. Like, I'm about to start. My next TV show I'm about to start is actually Gomorrah, which I've not seen yet. Okay. It's apparently very good. Yeah, it's Italian. Yes, it's a thriller. No, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch that. It's apparently very good. It's very very cliche about the mafia in Italy. Uh, No, I heard it's really good. Yeah. I heard it's really I heard good. It's very gritty and, um, and it's like. Uh, I, I love them. We're still associated with the mafia as Italians. So I didn't it's really great. even think about let's, that. Let's go really. for it. was because I finished The Sopranos and everyone said, oh, you must watch Gamora next. I was like, oh, okay. And I do watch a lot of what English people call foreign television. <laughs> um, so, can I ask you, what's your favorite TV show that you're watching right now? Oh, right now, I absolutely love sitcoms. I love sitcoms. So recently I watched, uh, maybe I'm a little bit late on that, but I watched the IT crowd, British. I love it. I absolutely adore it. Um, Sometimes I watch some uh, French sitcoms. I like to think I speak French. I don't. I just read the subtitles, but it makes me feel more continental. (laughs) Educate us with some French sitcoms because um, we don't probably know much about French comedy, really, generally, apart from say um, 
10%. Um, well, recently I watched something, it's more like a drama comedy. Mm-hmm. So there's actually, when it's drama, it's really drama, it's quite strong, but yeah. also a really nice and sweet comedy. It's called uh, Montendu, which means, uh, basically means, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, very beautiful, very moving. It's like, I think it was a two or three series. Okay. And I, I watched on the first week of the French here. So that was very beautiful. I know you're pushed for time because you're flying for your show. I'll ask you yes. one other television question. What's the first thing you saw on TV? That scared you. That scared me. Oh my god. Oh wow. I'm still traumatized. That was my genuine <laughs> response. Yes. I don't want to think about this. Please. I've taken a year of therapy to get out of this. Wow. No. 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 That's therapy. But I know. Uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. <laughs> I don't know why it was so scary. I still have this image. I don't even remember what it was about. But I have the image of this dead girl and the, on the beach. She looked really dead. Yeah. I mean, consider it. I, I became a doctor and I saw a lot of dead people. Yeah. yeah nobody was as terrifying as that girl. And um, and then there was. I don't know that somebody with long hair as like ghostly coming into you know her life. I had nightmares before, but I'm really? I'm such a freak, Steve. Oh, seriously, because I, I actually did recently a horror movie as an actress. I was I was an oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a feature film, but I had a very small part. But <laughs> which film is that? I'll look after because I do. Oh, I'm it's like, it's quite an, like horror these please, days. Please, it's um it's called The Sweet Brothers. Okay. Uh, by by Lake Anderson. Okay. Is um it's an independent movie. It will come out like I think next year okay. uh, but <laughs> I was so terrified and I, was, I was so scared and I was like ah jumping out oh it's just the camera man no okay. it. <laughs> know, yeah. you know it's not real <laughs> that's why I made it such a great part <laughs> so that's amazing completely freaked out that's great great casting yeah. get the person who's yeah. most scared of horror films to be in the horror film but if there is any casting directors listening to this please no I can I can do good acting I can I can put myself together okay, I promise okay. well I know you got to go Stefania thank you so much for coming on television times and promoting your show and answering a couple of questions thank you thank you Steve it's been a pleasure absolutely no. lovely surprise I loved it <laughs> thank you all the best thank for you. the rest thank you. you thank you Stefania Lucari there really fun woman to meet uh, really easy to chat to very, very fun, up, bubbly kind of personality. Her show sold out, as far as I could see. After that, I followed her on social media, and I think she uh, stormed it, as they say. So definitely go check her out at those comedy festivals that she mentioned. I will definitely do my best to see her next year. Next up, I chatted to Christina De Giovanni. Now, she was actually flying earlier in the day, and she said she was interested in having a little chat, and I thought we could maybe squeeze her in somewhere, and she was luckily just next door when I texted her in the afternoon to say, hey, I've got a little window. Do you want to come and chat to us? So here she is sitting down with me at the big picnic bench. Yeah, time is really uh, doesn't make sense out here, does it? No, no. Are you looking at my bio? I was looking at your bio. <laughs> I was like, that's good because that's I was like, what's the premise of this podcast? You talk about TV. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. So let's, talk, let's talk about you first. So tell me about your show. And is your show going beyond the fringe? Have I asked you that before? Yeah. Wait, is this on? Yeah, yeah, it's okay, on. Okay, we're live. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, um, is it going beyond the fridge? Yes. The hope is, yeah. The hope is we, we take it back to New York and do do more of a run. All We've right. done it in New York um, already. We did some workshops, and then we did it at East 59 Theater and the tank. And then now that it's better now, since we've been here doing it for a month, yeah. we're like, hell yeah, we'll see what we can get. But nothing confirmed, but look out for it. How was it today? You know... <laughs> Uh-oh. We had some great audiences that loved it. And they like, didn't come today. <laughs> <laughs> today, we had some people who were super involved, and we had one woman in the second row who, as soon as I got on stage, immediately started audibly sleeping. Like, and when I say audibly sleeping, I mean she was. Is that American sighing. for snoring? Or- 
No. I know you like to rename things. Audibly sleeping. I don't know how else to describe it. Very visibly, like she was like putting her head between her legs and like looking away and like sighing. And my theater is 40 people. Right, right, right. So it, she was uh, two feet from my face. I was like about to get down a smack and <laughs> You're doing that classic I, thing of focusing on the one person. I know, right? Because I, I look straight when I perform. I look yeah, straight yeah. in the audience's eyes. Yeah, like, that's what I, I like do. to do. Like, I really, and I try to play off them. And, like, yeah, yeah. most of the people in the crowd were great. Um, but then just one person, I was like, why are, why are you here? It's <laughs> like, did you come here? Explicitly to Right, yeah. I, I was a little bit miffed. But I've seen it happen to all of my friends who've done shows here. Mm. Um, you know, no matter how great their show is, I'm trying not to take it. You know, it's okay that it started as soon as I got on stage. Yeah. You know, so it's like I know it wasn't me. Yeah, obviously, you never know what's going on in someone's head or what their day's been like. Like last night, I went to see Rosie Hobbs, right? I don't know her very well, but I've seen a few of her things and I know she kind of leans my political. Yeah. And I thought it would be good and I want to see more female led stuff while I'm here this time, which I've actively been trying to do. Yeah. But by the time I went to the theatre, I had four hours sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. I'd seen about five shows. My mm-hmm. feet were killing me. I felt like there were fucking clamps on my feet. Yeah. And all I could think was, when will this end so I can get these shoes off? Yeah. So you never know. <laughs> you never know. Doesn't mean they don't like it. Yeah. It's and just... listen, I if anyone has sympathy for falling asleep, I am a literal diagnosed narcoleptic. So right. I understand right but i would i just wouldn't go if i'm tired to a 40 seat theater where yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but i feel you no it is quite warm in there as well it is quite warm um we do have an ac though we have an ac unit which means i have to scream so this you know i love i love challenges i love challenges that's tricky and i'm i'm loud i don't know if you can tell but no no, i'm loud enough you're not not too loud on here i guess (laughs) i can see your waveform (laughs) so we haven't even asked you your name properly for the audience so they can check you out and stuff like that um, yeah, plug time. Like, well, you don't have to plug, but I just want you to say your name the way it's supposed to be said so I don't say it wrong. Because uh, I'll say Christina Di Girani. You know, but I've said that wrong, haven't I? That's I know. fine. I can fucking tell I've said it wrong. Actually, it's just the Englishness of it. It's not even, that's not even wrong. I wouldn't even say that's wrong. What Christina De Giovanni. Day, day, not D. I said D. Like yeah. That is the thing. And you know, yeah, yeah. My, my family in Italy would say the DI is for plebs and the DE is for royalty. So, mm. or just anyone called Deshaun. <laughs> Which also, in a way, makes them royalty. Um, so this is a podcast about television. So can yeah. I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah. Um, I yeah. will ask you for a number between one and... I don't know how many questions I've got now because I've got... I'd say there's 20 there, maybe. <laughs> and then you can pick your own question. Love it. Go on, then. But a number between one and 20. Yeah, um, so. Does everyone pick 13? Probably not. 13. What was the first late-night TV show you were allowed to stay up to see when you were a kid? Ooh... I was never allowed to stay up to see TV. I just okay, watched it all. <laughs> but can I say, can I, I have yeah, an answer on, though. I used to come home from school and watch Ellen, oh, okay. which I am ashamed of now. But um, what time it was on at like three. Oh, okay. And I really was engaged with that show. I felt very powerfully towards it. Right, right. Even well, though now we know Ellen is kind of a menace, but. Uh, let's do a different one then. Woo! What TV show would you erase from history, meaning that no one remembers it, you men in black it, everyone's forgotten it, uh-huh. it never existed, and which one would you bring back from the dead? When you say bring back from the dead, it did exist at one point and people just don't know about it? So like, a, it could be a show that's cancelled, a show that was on 20 years ago, I don't know. Okay, so what show would I erase? I mean, I'm... <laughs> Listen, I'm tempted to say Friends because it's made New York annoying to live in because people, you know, tourists like to reference 
it as far, tiny buildings no. in there. You know why? It's because I feel like Friends is the show that every person from Europe or a different country uses to learn English. Yeah. And then it makes it easier for them to learn English, and I feel embarrassed. And so I think they shouldn't have that to fall upon. They should have mm-hmm. to learn English the same way I learned their language, which is badly from really bad public school teachers, even though teachers are amazing. So what TV show would you rather they learn English from? Um, they should learn English from... Um, <laughs> I'll question, say right? staff lets flats because it's staff really wrong, flats. and I think that would be hilarious if a bunch of uh, like Italians and Greeks and Spanish people are going around saying things like, uh, "Why is the floor made of wet?" Um, Just so, in that kind of stumbling sort exactly. of English Greek way. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like also, that. the English is, you know... It's interesting that you didn't pick an American show because that most people learn... Because obviously, English is the dominant language of the world. But it's not because of us. Or you start writing in, I'm not saying it's not colonial, the reason that people speak English in the world. I'm literally just talking about during this televisual era of the last 60 or so years. It's kind of because of you guys, because America is the television era that everyone learned English yeah. by. That's why you know, you go to Singapore and everyone sounds American when they speak English. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, you go to Denmark, they don't. They sound cockney. They're like... Hello, mate. Look, really? Because they watch British TV. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But what I love about um, American English is that a thing that people call it that? Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, is that what American we English. Yeah, American English. Yeah. Uh, unless you're in Arizona and the stickers are slightly different. Yeah, it's the um, it's the new words for everything. I'm not necessarily against it, but I'm always fascinated by it. Like the sort of you know the old ones like portion control or whatever. Like, Don't be greedy, can't. Um, but there's like you have these sort of new phrases for everything, and I, and I'm always fascinating when a new one comes around is there any new ones on the way that we haven't got yet well, in the pipeline I mean I feel like every language that what, what's a phrase American phrase that you like well it's not necessarily that I like them but they sort of turn <laughs> up don't they like um, I just heard that suicide is now something like um, oh, it's not undead that's the fucking oh, oh, what's the okay. new one so we're talking kind of social media language oh okay so yeah. that's, that's more of a kind of a circumventing a <laughs> when social I heard media. that that made me laugh and then I was like yeah it's that's sad, a stupid one the, don't give the right wing ammunition yeah, I know. Stop saying stupid shit, you know, because oh, it's so woke. And then Lady Mail gets involved. But and, you have to give yeah. it to the Gen Z for coming up with these things to circumvent the, the censors, you know? Yeah, that's clever, that's clever. I didn't realize that. So there you go. I've, yeah. I've been I mean, I've, I've learned so much language since coming here that I thought, I thought because I watch British TV, I'd be like, yeah. I know everything about what people are saying. Yeah, and then yeah. someone will come around and be like, oh, have you seen a punta? And I'm like, what the punta? <laughs> Punting what? And then I sound a fool, but... You should come to where I live. I live in Newcastle. I think it's Philadelphia and somewhere in Canada where they say use. Like yeah. Use, use guys. Yeah. Uh, that, that comes from there. They all say, oh, really? how are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me, yeah. yeah that's a definitely use in Philadelphia. Can, Can I squeeze like, one more question in, do you yeah. think? Or, or, okay, I, we, I haven't been good, faithful to the prompts at all, and I'm sure they're really oh, good no, questions. Oh, no, don't you worry, don't worry. Uh, okay, this is And also, good. I love, first of all, can I just say, yes. I'm, I'm on TV TV podcast, something I say all the time to Fun. everyone is that TV is my hobby, TV is my passion. I love TV. Me too. Um, never been on it, but, like, listen, I think that people think TV is a guilty pleasure, but I think it's the best art form we have as a society, and that 
is on a podcast now. No, I think that is absolutely right. And I've, I often say, if I was born in any other time, imagine being born when there's no TV. No. Imagine being born I mean, here's the in thing. Like I would just say the same exact thing about theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I worked in theater for a very long time. I worked on plays for about seven years. Uh, I never worked on musicals. Well, I did work on musicals eventually, but plays were my bag, plays were my jam. And that's what I did. And now I don't see any plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. I worked mm-hmm. on opera. I don't go to operas. Yeah, that's just how it works. I'll give you one more question. Okay. So now that you've said that, we will hit some bad TV. So what is the worst TV program that you'll still let yourself watch? Well, I mean, if it's a really bad TV program, I wouldn't be watching it, but I watch a lot of quote-unquote bad TV. I mean, I watch all the reality. I'll watch Vanderpump Rules, but I think those shows are good if people are watching them. You know what show is bad, though, that I put on sometimes that go. is awful? Suits. Suits is terrible. And I watched it for a bit. And I can, I pride myself as someone who can watch almost anything. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah. derive enjoyment from the biggest piece of shit on TV. Mm-hmm. I put this on and I was like, this was written by fifth graders. This was written <laughs> by five-year-olds. Yeah. Who like realized how to? They like it's just like all tropes mashed together into yeah, like yeah. one show. It was so distressing to me. It made me depressed. I started watching it, and I realized everyone was way too attractive. Whether well, all just, the TV shows just way too, everyone's too attractive in American TV. Everyone's fucking beautiful. It's ridiculous. That's not yeah. how it is. And it's in Toronto, pretending it's not Toronto. Already annoying. It's got, <laughs> it's got a future Oprah's friend in it. What bothers yeah. me about it? They're saying everything with the right inflection that if it was dramatic content, it would be good. Yeah, yeah. They're saying they're saying words that are meaningless and stupid in a way, <laughs> in a dramatic, heartfelt, important yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And then when you actually tune in and you listen to the words, you're like, wait, I don't even know anything about law. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. You love it's actually a British show, isn't it? It's everyone's. What? Of course it is. It's all written by Brits, directed by Brits, made okay. American money. Fine, Sorry, damn. Guys. Sorry, guys. Okay, okay. what about Yellow Jackets? <laughs> I did like Yellow Jackets, yeah. It was it was pretty good. Lord of Flies, yeah. I uh, couldn't finish it. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I was so obsessed either. with that. I was recommending to everyone, and then no, two stopped. episodes left, and I'm like, I. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, do you know what it is? It's just oversaturation, and there's so many things to see. And I want to be gripped by something. I want to see something that definitely. I don't want it to feel like work, right? Yeah, I did that exactly. With music, exactly. Right? I've done that with things in my life. Like I love Tom Waits, but there's certain albums of his I don't like. I'm never going to like them, and I have to just be okay with that now. Yeah. And I'm watching a show, and I'm already going. How many of these? Or a new show comes out. It's kind of all right, but it's not brilliant. And you think, I know these fuckers are going to make five seasons of this. Mm-hmm. Is this my life now? Till 2030? And it I'm makes you feel like do. a quitter. And then how are you supposed to comment on it in polite society and talk about a show intelligently if you haven't finished it? But it's, you- I think they should bring a law in after the writer's strike that all shows need to be a miniseries. Just mm-hmm. one season, maybe. You get it, all the information, convey everything, and fuck off. Enough with this. I think that would free a lot of people up. <laughs> yeah. And then they would move on to new ideas. Yeah. Okay, I like you went that. From your, you went from your sort of friends, 26 episodes a year, you yeah. know, when we were doing six, and everyone mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. The British model's changed. Why do they only do six? Quality, did. Yeah. Okay, but I will say one show that was actually quality to the Go end that is underrated and people say it's cheesy, but it's actually brilliant is New Girl. Oh, I've never watched New Girl. It's Really? It's a show that I didn't watch when I was on TV because I was like, ah, lame. But... <laughs> The writing is actually excellent, and the acting of a couple of those actors is so good. Like, comedically, they are throwing out these little expressions and tics and just ways they say things, and I'm like, this is a masterclass. And 
there's so many episodes of that goddamn show. I think I was watching Girls at the time, and, and compared to that, it just seemed like a joke. It looked like Disney, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't usually like get drawn to shows that are like, you know, also Zoe Deschanel just like bows in her hair. I was like, I can't. Um, yeah. But I watched it, you know, for comfort, and then I was like, brilliant. I like weirdly, I like all the people in it, but yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's a real yeah. strange one. Yeah, that's well, that's, that's a treat you can treat yourself to. Okay, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I will try. I will try. <laughs> so, do you live in New York? Or you live in Brooklyn? I do. Yeah. I live in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn for five years. I lived in Bushwick first and then Prospect Heights. Currently, I'm getting kicked off my lease in a month. So, um, sorry, I don't need to give you a dress. You don't want to get burgers. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm probably still going to be Brooklyn based, but who knows? I, you know, I'm seeing the whole world around me now and I don't know. What I love about Brooklyn is even when you're in the nicest part of it and you go down into the subway, it immediately looks like you're going to get murdered. Like yeah. it looks exactly the same as any other part of New York. Yeah, what it's is- all about the highs and lows. I just figure if I watch Queer Eye with him and <laughs> Is It Cake, he'll get the message that everything's fine. <laughs> Yeah, a little. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, although I guess the queer eye is the Disney version of gays as well. I know. But, yeah, I, I, no, but anyone who has finally see Karamo do another twerk and I fucking oh lose my shit. Oh my! Yep. <laughs> That's what I, when I watch that show, you know, you think about things that are going to age badly. Yeah. Those little bits in between. Yeah. Going to look so dated in very soon. I know. Do you know what I mean? But also, it's just the exact kind of camp. You know, it's like it's so so close to camp that I treat it that way, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's hear the name you'll play one more time. Yes, can I plug it? So yeah, it's called The plug, Temp. Plug, 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 plug. The Temp, it's a play. Uh, we're calling it Fleabag Meets the Office for the post-Great Resignation era. This is a play that I wrote. I'm trained in playwriting, but I'm mostly a sketch comic and writer in New York. I wrote this play while working in advertising. And basically, it's a story told by a campy actor type who's hired at one of these modern, cool millennial agencies to be a fake employee to jazz up the office who's all bummed out after the pandemic. And basically it's just about work. Anyone who's ever had a job can relate to it because it's just kind of about how like jobs morph into our identity and how we're forced to care about them and it's a requirement now to have our job be our passion and that sucks and we're playing parts and there's, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth but there's also a lot of jokes. This is the longest ever I've pitched it, and I'm going to keep going. There's a lot keep of going. jokes. It's packed with jokes, baby. It's packed with jokes, but it's also got some some hefty gut punchy little uh, lines that make you think. And you should come. You should come if you love that pitch. You should come if you hate that pitch because it wasn't my best. And I'm working on it. Sounds great. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie and say I've seen it because I can't because I'm leaving tomorrow before your next show, which is annoying. Fabulous. But I'll definitely try and catch it at some yeah, other point. It'll live but, on in your mind as the best show you've ever seen. Thank you for coming on television times. So we barely talked about television, but that's all so fine. And um, that's what I expected and that's what I hoped and that's amazing. Christina De Giovanni there. Uh, she was real good fun to chat to, really easy. I enjoyed that one, really good laugh. And uh, I really wish I got to see her play, actually. I think it would be really neat. And uh, I'm not into plays, but she pitched it, and now I want to see it. So there we are. So that was the Edinburgh Fringe special. I hope you enjoyed that. Beep, beep. 
Now, I'm not going to talk much longer because uh, this one was quite long, eh? So we're just going to do an outro track now. So for this one, I've picked the shortest song I have, and this is called Forever Dead, written in the late 90s. This is the reprise, so you get an idea, you get a flavour of the song. It's quite theatrical, and I thought it would fit the Edinburgh Fringe special because a lot of those people I spoke to were very theatrical. So here we are, Forever Dead. Life would be easier If we didn't have photographs Reminding us of all the things we've done Reminding us that it won't last Everybody needs a life like that I can't throw it away Life would be easier If we weren't so scared of failure Don't want to be the one Who falls before my life's begun Everybody needs to dream like that I wish I could throw it away was forever dead thank you for listening to this edinburgh special next week we'll be back to normal with just the one guest follow us on insta twitter all the links are available at the bottom of this podcast see you next week